0: Yo, how you living, Destination Devi fam? We are back. Another episode of the DDP. I am your host, Ray GQ. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ray GQ. Make sure you follow the show at Destination Devi. And today in this episode, I am talking about five players who I think are criminally undervalued in Dynasty rookie drafts. That's what we're doing right now. We're deep into rookie drafts. We're doing Dynasty startups. That is where we're at, and everybody knows about the top guys. Round one, round two, hell, even sometimes round three. In this episode, I'm talking about some guys that are going late round three, late round four, potentially on your waiver wires, five guys that you need to grab that have immense upside, and this is directly uh, tied to the Destination Debbie YouTube channel. So this episode is actually up on YouTube right now with film of said players that I'm going to be discussing, some things with the depth chart, some some advanced analytics from Player Profiler. So if you're not subscribed to the Destination Debbie YouTube channel, go do that. You're missing out. And most importantly, you're missing out on a bomb ass intro that Jordan created. You got to check that out. We utilized uh, the talents of the great Gus Johnson to help us with an intro. But without further ado, let's dive into the episode. Yo, yo, yo. What's good, Destination Debbie fam? Welcome back for another episode of the All Gas Show. I This is a special one. This is a special one because it's the first All Gas Show after the channel has surpassed 1,000 subscribers. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Each and every person that hit that subscribe button, that gets the alerts, that's notified, that checks out the content, that leaves a comment, that hits me up on Twitter. I I, I, I truly Cannot thank you enough. This isn't some big enterprise. I don't have a website. I don't have a Patreon account right now. All I want to do is help you, Dynasty and Debbie, better. For for the thousand plus of you who have said this guy's all right. You know he's got good information. He's responsive. From the bottom of my heart, from my partner Jordan Richards, we can't thank you enough, man. Like this this is about you. I don't do this so I can sit down late at night and watch myself on YouTube and listen to myself talk. Like what I want to happen is for you to hit me up and say, man, thank you for putting me on that guy because I didn't know about him until you brought him up. I checked him out, he looks really good. I, I, you know, I drafted him in the fourth round of my rookie drafts or holy shit, Ray, I didn't know about this Trey Lance guy out of North Dakota state, but thank you for letting me know because I had a Debbie draft right before. Like it's about you. It's truly about you. So thank you, everybody that's new to the channel. If you haven't been rocking with me since over a year with the podcast before this even got started, this is what I'm about. I want to entertain you. I want you to have a good time Listening to me, I want you to feel like we're conversing together face to face, that you know me, that I know you. That's what I want. I want to entertain you, but I also want to provide actionable content for you to take back and apply to your dynasty leagues, to your debbie teams. You know, a lot of people don't have time to watch college football on the weekends. I got you covered. You don't want to cut up film and scout these guys. I'm going to provide you the information that you need to make informed decisions for your dynasty and fantasy football rosters. And I was not going to start the show out without saying thank you, stay tuned, stay locked in. I've got some damn good merchandise that's coming out that I'm going to give away, give away to my subscribers, give away to the followers, and who doesn't want that black and gold Destination Debbie Loco, it's nice. It's some good stuff. I just wanted to say thank you. This is what we're about. This is what we're doing. Thank you for supporting the movement. Let's get into the content. Drop the intro. Right now, we are in the heart of rookie draft season. I mean, right now, I'm currently in five different rookie drafts right now. And then I've got an auction draft going on. That's where we're at. Everybody is excited. It's a fun time but we all know the first round guys, right? Like there's no point for me telling you, you need to draft Clyde edwards helaire You know that. I don't need to tell you to draft CeeDee Lamb or Jalen Rager or T. Higgins. We can talk about the prospect and how they fit with their respective teams, but you know all of that. You know the guys that are going top 12, top 24. But what about after that? Because that's where you can find, that's where you can find that gold. You know, you're sifting it through the, and strainer and all of that stuff. and there's some gold there. And we don't there 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 isn't enough content focusing on those late round gems, those, those players who landed in favorable situations that have the talent and or draft capital to matter that you need to be targeting in your dynasty rookie drafts. But I'm giving you my five guys that I'm personally targeting, that I have talked about, that I have touted, that you should take notice. You should be targeting these players as well because each of them in their respective situations have the potential to yield positive fantasy points sooner rather than later, but not just who I like based off of the film with the situations that they landed in. All right, let's dive into a player who right now, according to DLF, has an ADP of 35. Ryan McDowell runs these rookie mock drafts 10 to 12 every single month, so there's fresh rookie ADP over there. And the player that I want to talk about here is DJ Dallas, the newest member of the Seattle Seahawks. And we'll take a look at his player profile page and talk about some of his advanced analytics, some of his college production, and how that transitions and fits with the Seattle Seahawks. So when you're looking Looking at DJ Dallas's profile, five 5'10", 217 pounds, he's 21 years old, fourth round pick. That draft capital matters, right? We like to see running backs third round or higher. Fourth round, when you're talking about we only had run, one running back drafted in the first round, fourth round draft capital is fine for a running back, and he lands on a team that wants to run the ball. Seattle wants to run the ball, even with Russell Wilson. And that's one of our biggest criticisms with Seattle is they don't, they don't, they don't throw enough with Russ. They want to run the ball. And DJ Dallas is a productive runner. He ran a four, five, eight at the NFL combine, which isn't great, right? It's not the best time, but it's far from a bad time. It's far from this slow, sloth-like player at the running back position. Plenty enough speed, 58th percentile speed score. We'd like to see a little more burst, a little more agility. But when you turn on the tape and watch DJ Dallas perform, he's a very, very solid Running back, not a world beater, but not bad by any stretch of the imagination. Over his past couple of years, he's had back-to-back 600-yard seasons, caught a couple of passes out of the backfield. His high school profile, I mean, he played some quarterback, he played defense. He has not been playing the running back position for very long. So there's still a lot of room for growth, a lot of things that he can improve on. And as you see here, his best comparable player, uh, ironically, is Thomas Rawls, who also played for the Seattle Seahawks. Now, when you're talking about the competition that he's going to have to face, we all know who's in the backfield in Seattle. Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, and Travis Homer. And when we look at Chris Carson, I mean, he's done to be a guy who was, what was he, undrafted, seventh round pick I don't think we can ask for anything more from Chris Carson back to back over 1,100 yard seasons. He had 1,200 rushing yards last year, seven TDs caught some passes out of the backfield, 37 to be exact. So when Carson is on the field and playing, dude is, dude is dynamic. Dude is a, is a good physical running back that's been banged up. But even though he's been banged up, he only missed one game last year and he missed two games the year before that fantasy season. I'm not talking about week 17, weeks one through 16. So uh, he's as much as we like to talk about Chris Carson going down and being injury prone he gets banged up in the course of the game, but what running back doesn't. Chris Carson is good when he's on the field and playing. Rashad Penny, on the other hand, is recovering from an ACL injury that he suffered last year, and right now it looks like he's in doubt to be ready for week one, and even before that, he really wasn't seeing a lot of opportunity. Uh, 65 carries last year, 85 the year before, and I know that Seattle invested a lot of draft capital into Rashad Penny at at the beginning of this season. It'll be three years ago, three NFL seasons ago, so I think that kind of is 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 irrelevant at this point. They've seen what they've got out of Chris Carson. They see what they've gotten out of Rashad Penny, and they still chose to draft a running back because running backs get hurt. Running backs get banged up. Running back is the most volatile and fragile position in the NFL, and and especially for fantasy purposes, other than the tight end. We're getting their knees blown off in the middle of the field. When you're looking at DJ Dallas to get him in the third round of rookie drafts on a team that wants to run run the ball with after their starter, there's really not much behind them. Are you are we really worried about Travis Homer? I know. Towards the end of the season, he was getting some burn, but I think he's more of anything as a pass-catching running back. So the talent that DJ Dallas possesses, the opportunity with Seattle in an offense that's led by Russell Wilson with a running back in front of him and Chris Carson, who does have a tendency to get banged up with his physical running style, there is tremendous amounts of opportunity. If DJ Dallas is called into action, he could be slotted as a a high-end RB2 right off the bat, right off the bat. And there's been no conversation, to my knowledge, about Seattle wanting to extend Chris Carson. So, again, with an ADP of 35, with an ADP of 35, make sure you are walking away with your fair share of DJ Dallas in your rookie drafts. You will not, you will not be disappointed with that pick. At that cost. Now, another player that I want to talk about has an ADP according to DLF of 27. So considerably higher than any of these other players that we're going to talk about. But Anthony McFarlane is a massive player. Massive target of mine. I want Anthony McFarlane in every single dynasty league that I'm in because he's the running back or a running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And unlike Chris Carson, who gets banged up and seemingly always plays through those injuries, James Conner's a little bit different. It's not a matter of if he gets banged up, it's when. And I love James Conner. Fantastic story. Fuck Cancer. Uh, I, I, everything about James Conner, I love the dude. He's battled back and he produced, you know, a couple of years ago. And even last year, he had flashes of of, of brilliance. But, but the reality is, over the past couple of years, 12 games played in 2018. 10 games played in 2019. Pittsburgh needs to run the ball. Pittsburgh needs to get back to what worked when Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster were on the field and they were able to matriculate the ball down the field, put up points and help us in fantasy. And right now... James Connors, best ability should be his availability, which he's not often available. So uh, what the Pittsburgh Steelers did was invest fourth round pick in a running back out of Maryland. And we'll take a look at his um, his metrics over on player profiler speed. He's not a very big back at five foot eight, 208 pounds. He's not the tallest. He's not the heaviest. But his BMI is what? 80th percentile. 4440 yard dash, 85th percentile speed score. Don't really get the burst. I mean, I, I don't know why he didn't jump higher or further, which, you know, is calculated in this. But McFarlane is an explosive dynamic running back who brings a little something different to the table than James Conner, than Benny Snell, and then Jalen Samuels. And Benny Snell is, I, I think that is the wild card, right? Benny Snell is the wild card because in his rookie season last year, had 108 carries, 426 yards, nothing to get super excited about. His profile coming out of Kentucky, he's not a fastback. He's a big grinder. He's a big grinder who's not as explosive as James Conner, or at least it doesn't appear as as explosive as James Conner, who doesn't do the things in the receiving game that a James Conner or Jalen Samuels does. And there's no need for us to talk about Jalen Samuels. He is not a good running back. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, but the Jalen Samuels experience experiment should be done. Stop holding out hope that he's going to eventually become the lead back because he's not. It's not going to happen. James Connor, uh, his 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 history with injuries is a big big worry and concern should be for all dynasty owners, and it definitely is for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And again, Benny Snell is the wild card. I'm not all the way out on Benny Snell, but even if Benny Snell turns out to be the guy, he doesn't bring what Anthony McFarlane brings to the table as far as talent, explosion, speed, home run ability, and the big play threat. So Anthony McFarlane, to get him at the beginning of the third, and sometimes he's falling late third, early fourth, Smash the draft button on the dynamic explosive runner Out of Maryland, you want that guy in an offense who wants to commit to the ground game draft, Anthony McFarland. All right, the next player that I want to talk about, let's switch it up. Let's switch it up. And for all you TEP, tight end premium players, every league I play in is tight end premium to some degree, whether it's 1.5, 1.75 or two points per reception. We got to talk about some tight ends. And one of my biggest value tight ends is Dalton Keene, the tight end out of Virginia Tech. He was a third-round pick of the New England Patriots, who have nobody on their roster at the tight end position. Their depth chart currently reads Matt Lacoste, uh, Devin Ossi-Ossi, and Dalton Keene. Now, what's interesting about New England is they made uh, back-to-back tight end picks. They picked up the tight end Ossi-Ossi out of UCLA, and then a few picks later, Dalton Keene goes in the third round. Now, immediately, my first thought was, Rob Gronkowski, Aaron Hernandez. Rob is the greatest count, uh, tight end of all time. And we all know everything that happened with Aaron Hernandez. But New England did show a propensity to use two tight ends. And I think both of these guys sort of fit similar roles as they've had in the past. So when you're looking at Dalton King's profile, uh, he's explosive, Right. Uh, 71st, 71st percentile 40-yard dash score, 72nd 72nd percentile speed score, I mean, burst, agility, catch radius, 6'4", 255, third round pick. Now the production hasn't always been there. He didn't really do much at Virginia Tech, but Virginia Tech really didn't do much in the ACC over the past couple of years. They weren't very good. Best comparable to Kahel Warren, tied in for the Houston Texans. That I know a lot of people were excited about coming out of San Diego, uh, San Diego State a couple of years ago. So when you're looking at the value, he's being drafted at uh, pick 45, Pick 45, Asi Asi is going at pick 40 in dynasty rookie drafts, according to DLF. Give me the playmaker. Give me the guy who seems to fit into that, quote unquote, Aaron Hernandez role for a New England Patriots team that is devoid of talent. Their best offensive weapons right now, when you're rolling out three wide, is Mohammed Sanu, a 34, 35-year-old Julian Edelman, and Nikhil Harry, who I'm still very, very high on. But that's really it. If, if, if Dalton King can't surpass Matt Lacoste as the pass-catching tight end in that offense at 253 pounds, Ozzy Ossie is like 280. I, I, no lie, I think he weighed in at 279, 280. I know he still ran a decent 40 time, but it, it's going to be interesting to see how these two tight ends sort of play into this offense and evolve. But the fact that New England invested Day two draft capital in tight ends, in two tight ends, tells you everything that they need to know. And with a young quarterback, tight end is the security blanket of a young quarterback. Jared Stidham is going to be relying on these guys. So if I had to take a shot on a guy that I'm getting in the fourth round of rookie drafts, which I'm not investing anything higher than a fourth round pick in a tight end in rookie drafts, especially this rookie draft. Give me the guy whose advanced analytics and his testing metrics seem to scream upside. And I think that's what you're getting out of Dalton Kane for very, very little investment, very little cost. He's on a team that does not have a lot of competition at that position. Go grab Dalton King. All right, let's move over to the wide receiver position and talk about the receiver from the University of Wisconsin, Quintez Cephas, drafted in the fifth round by the Detroit Lions, currently has an ADP of 39. So again, we're talking, what's that, 24 plus 12, 6. So he's a fourth-round pick. I'm I'm horrible at math. He's a fourth-round pick in rookie drafts. Detroit is interesting because... All they really have, outside of Kenny Galladay, you've got Marvin Jones and Danny Amendola. They signed Geronimo Allison. They've got a bunch of other players that I have no clue who they are or what they're going to do. Quintez Cephas' uh, profile, his profile does not look good. It is disgusting. At 6'1", 202, 4'7, uh, 340 yard dash, at 13th percentile speed score, good burst there, and that does show on tape that he has some good burst. Poor agility score. I mean, it just doesn't look good. And over his past couple of years at Wisconsin, you know, 10 games played, six games played, and then finally uh, in his final season, he played 14 games, 900 receiving yards, seven TDs. Here's my thing with Quintez Sevis. This is a classic case of this is a guy – who clearly pet plays faster than he times. And I know he did a pro day and he improved that 40-yard dash time, I believe it was around the 4-5 range, high 4-5s, which is, that's fine. That, that's, that's fine for a wide receiver. Cephas is not a Jalen Rager, Nicole Hardman speedster downfield, even though he can make plays down the field. He's a big body possession receiver that really runs crisp routes that can create separation with his size and his route running ability and some subtle hand fighting he does here and there at the top of the routes and at the beginning of the routes. But it's Detroit. If he can't beat out and win, at least the fourth wide receiver spot, then we'll know right away pretty soon that he's not going to be anything, right? We pretty much assume that A. is going to slide in that slot role. You've got Marvin Jones as a field-stretching X, and then you've got Kenny Galladay as the alpha number one in that offense. But behind them, there's plenty of opportunity for Quintez Cephas to go in there and show that at the beginning, at least – He's a rotational player at the very beginning. And who knows? Amendola goes down. Marvin Jones goes down. Neither of those guys are probably going to be there long term. It might not happen in 2020, but by 2021, there's a very real chance that Cephas is starting alongside Kenny Galladay and to get that guy in the fourth round of dynasty rookie drafts and even off of the waiver wire in a lot, that is the type of player that you mind for. That is the type of player that you want to have on your roster. And I'm telling you, turn on Cephas's table. Go look at his highlights. I don't, I don't care. I'm not an advocate of using highlights to scout, but if you just want to get an idea of what this player is like, look at his highlights. He can play. The kid can play the wide receiver position. Now there is some off the field baggage with C for some things that he was uh, uh, accused of, some things that had happened in his collegiate past. I'm not here to debate that the morality or how I feel about him as a person or any of that stuff. The opportunity for this player to produce in fantasy is there because there's not a lot after those top three guys. Cephas is somebody who's more, more than worth a shot in the fourth round or off of that first waiver wire run of your dynasty rookie drafts. Go ahead and grab Quintess Cephas, stash him away. You might have some gold later down the line. Now, the last guy that I want to talk about is somebody who I had ranked pre-draft as my running back eight, and I just saw him. We saw him slide and slide, and slide, and almost go damn near undrafted, and that's Arizona State's and now Arizona Cardinals running back, Eno Benjamin. Eno Benjamin currently has an ADP of 38 according to DLF, so right there, right out of that third round, top of the fourth round, and to be honest with you, I'd feel comfortable taking him over some of the players who are going in round three. He's a running back. We all know that that position is fragile. We know that teams like to deploy multiple running backs. And I think right out the gate, he's the running back three for the Cardinals. Behind Kenyon Drake, behind Chase Edmonds, there is Eno Benjamin. And what Eno Benjamin does well is catch the ball out of the backfield. Let's take a look at his profile, right? So, four, five, seven, not bad. Fantastic burst score, 87, 87th percentile, best comparable to Duke Johnson. And I really think that comp is spot on for Eno Benjamin at 59207, collegiate target share, 14.4%, 92nd percentile. Again, he's targeted, he catches a ton of passes. He's shown an ability to be a workhorse back with over 300 carries and 1,600 yards as a true sophomore. He's a good back. Eno Benjamin is a good back, and there's a role for him at the next level. And I do think Duke Johnson is a great comparison for Eno. He probably lands for a seventh round pick to be talking about him landing in a good situation. There may not have been a better spot for Eno Benjamin to fall into than the Arizona Cardinals, who probably know more about this guy being in the state of Arizona, you know, spending time his collegiate career in Arizona than, than any other team in the NFL. King and Drake, as much as we loved him, we have yet to see him command the, the, the full bell cow RB1 role for an entire season. What he did after being traded to Arizona was absolutely fantastic. I personally think he's a top 12 running back for 2020. But 21, 2021, 2022, and beyond, I don't know. We'll see if Arizona gives him a long-term commitment. Chase Edmonds, I, I thought he would be a guy that would be able to step up after David Johnson went down, but he was injured. And unfortunately for him, that yielded opportunity for Kenyon Drake. So the battle between Edmonds and Eno Benjamin for that RB2 spot long-term, you know, as soon as 2021 rolls around, we can see Eno being that third down back, that change of pace back, that satellite back for a high-flying Arizona Cardinals team that is only going to continue to get better with DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk, and we all know Kyler Murray. Eno Benjamin, to get him in the fourth, I, I think of all the players that were discussed, you know, this guy, especially in PPR formats, has an opportunity to matter. And he might matter sooner rather than later. Now, I know the historical hit rate for players drafted after a certain threshold is low. Nobody is is expecting Eno Benjamin to come out here and be the RB1 in the 2020 class. When you're talking about a late round dart throw to fill the back end of your roster, you need to make that happen with running backs that have an opportunity to step into opportunity. Running backs that have an opportunity to step into opportunity. I'm going to say it one more time so you can follow me. I don't care what league you're in. You want to invest at the end of rookie drafts, grab running backs that have an opportunity to step into opportunity. That is how you win dynasty. That is how you find those late round gems. And that is how you accrue value on players that you're going to pick in the fourth round of your rookie drafts. You know, Benjamin is that guy. Go get him. All right. That's it. That's the show. My five guys that you need to grab in the third or fourth round of your dynasty rookie drafts. Get them off waivers if they're sitting there. These are five players who have the potential to step in to some advantageous situations for fantasy points, man. I appreciate you guys subscribing to the channel. If you've yet to do so, make sure you do that go subscribe to the destination Debbie podcast, stay tuned, stay locked in. I think that I want to, I want to engage with you a little bit more. So I'm thinking maybe at the end of the next show, or maybe I do a whole show devoted to Q and a mailbag show questions and answers, leave your questions in the comments. If that's something that you want to see and I don't care what it's about. Debbie startup dynasty, rookie drafts 2021. I know there's a lot of uncertainty right now about the college football season. I've been very opinionated about my thoughts on that. And I'm just, there's a lot of concern. So those of you in Debbie drafts. Those of you trading for 2021 futures. If that is something that you want to see from Destination Debbie, from me, from this channel, let me know. We can do a full mailbag. I'll give you guys shout outs and credit and all that good stuff for the questions and commentary that you leave. I appreciate the feedback. I love the feedback. I love you guys. Thank you for rocking with me. Be safe out there. Uh, Check out some of the past videos, some fantasy face-offs. Got a wide receiver edition dropping on Friday. Much love. I'm rambling, man. I'll catch y'all next week. Peace.